Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. If you don't mind, can you stand in honor of reading of God's word? It's our custom and culture to do so here at Riverside Church. Come on, even if you're at home on the couch, why don't you stand up with us as well? So glad that you're joining. I believe I saw about close to 50 people, 50 households watching right now on YouTube and Facebook. Come on, can we thank all those that are tuning in also? So glad that you're here. Genesis chapter 18, verse 1 through 11. And this is an appearance, an interaction that we see between Abraham and God. It says this, reading out of the New King James, it says, Then the Lord appeared to him, Abraham, by the terebinth trees of Mamre, as he was sitting in the tent, in the tent door in the heat of the day. So just imagine, he's sitting in the tent door in the heat of the day. So he lifted his eyes and looked, and behold, there were three men. So it says that the Lord appeared to Abraham, and the scripture says right after that, that there was three men. See, it's believed that this was the Lord, but also two angels that were with him as well that would eventually go to Sodom and Gomorrah. And some people have speculated, some theologians believe that this is actually Jesus pre-incarnated. That in other words, in the Old Testament, there are times where, where we see God walking like a man. That's what they call a Christophany. So we see God approaching Abraham. We're standing by him. And when he saw them, he ran from the tent door to meet him. So he ran and, and, and he run ran and bowed himself to the ground, whatever you want to call it, and said, my Lord, if I have now found favor in your sight, do not pass on by your servant. Please let a little water be brought and wash your feet and rest yourself under the tree. Somebody say favor. Favor. He said, Lord, if I have now found favor in your sight, and I will bring a morsel of bread that you may refresh your heart. After that, you may pass by. Inasmuch as you have come to your servant, They said, do as you have said. So Abraham hurried into the tent to Sarah and said, quickly, make ready three measures of fine meal, knead it and make cakes. And Abraham ran to the herd, took a tender and good calf, gave it to the young man and hastened to prepare it. So he took butter and milk and the calf, which he had prepared and set it before them. And he stood by them under the tree as they they ate. Then they said to him, where is your wife, Sarah? Where is Sarah, your wife? So he said, here in the tent. And he said, I will certainly return to you according to the time of life. God talking, right? We believe. And behold, Sarah, your wife, shall have a son. Sarah was listening in the tent door, which was behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were old and well advanced in age. And Sarah had passed the age of childbearing. So in other words, it it seemed impossible for her to even conceive and bear a child. But who knows that with God, all things are possible. Amen? Talking about being born into favor. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, have your way today. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Lord, for your spirit, God. Thank you, Lord, for your people, God. We just open up our hearts to receive whatever you want to speak, God. Speak directly. Speak personally, Lord Jesus, so we can do what you've called us to do. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, and somebody said, amen, amen, amen. On your way back to your seat, give Jesus some praise. Put your hands together for him. Thank you, Lord, for his word. When you study the Bible, 
you'll discover and you'll find out that it is littered and full of favor. It is full of favor. In fact, the word favor is mentioned nearly or over 150 times. And in fact, nearly every person that God used in a major way, the scripture says that they had favor. And we're going to go over some examples. I want us to open up because we're going to have a little Bible study today. We have a lot of ground and scripture to cover, so take note and follow along. But I want to go through different instances where we found favor mentioned in the Bible. Starting with who we talked about last week in Genesis chapter 6, verse 8, the Bible says that Noah had favor. In Genesis 6, verse 8, it says, but Noah found what? Favor with the Lord. Did you know that this is actually believed to be the first mention of the word favor in the Bible? Other translations may say grace because in the Old Testament, the word grace and favor is often used interchangeably, which is why some people describe the grace of God as the what? The unmerited favor of God. So Noah had favor. Joseph had favor. In Genesis chapter 39, verse 4, it says, So Joseph found what? Favor in his sight, speaking of Potiphar, and served him. Then he made him overseer of his house and all that he had put under his authority. And here's what's amazing about the story of Joseph. Love the story of Joseph is that it didn't matter whether he was in the pit, if he was in Potiphar's house, he was, if he was in the prison, or if he was in the palace, he had favor with God, but he also had favor with men. Because there's also such thing as the favor of men, and God can give you favor even with people. See, because no matter where, where Joseph was planted or who he was under, he had a heart of a servant. He had a heart of excellence. He treated people well. In other words, don't expect to treat people horribly and have favor with them. Because you know who God will use many times to be a blessing to you? Other people. So Joseph did things with excellence. And the Bible even says no matter where Joseph was, the Bible says that God was with them. In other words, he had God's favor on him. The people of Israel had favor. The children of Israel did in Exodus chapter 12, verse 36. It says, and the Lord had given the people what? Favor in the sight of the Egyptians so that they granted them what they requested. Thus, they plundered the Egyptians. Just think about this for a second. Even in the middle of the children of Israel being in Egyptian captivity and slavery for, what, 400 years, the Bible says that God gave them favor with the Egyptians. They plundered their wealth. There was a transfer of wealth and riches that took place. The Bible even says that the wealth of the wicked is stored up for the righteous. And even whenever the children of Israel were in the wilderness due to their disobedience, God still provided and took care of them for the 40 years, so much to the point that the Bible says that their clothes and their shoes didn't wear away. And even before they went into the promised land, God promised them and he told them, he said, I will give you houses you didn't build, vineyards you didn't plant, and wells you didn't dig. You know what you call that? Favor. Favor. 
favor. Moses had favor. Exodus chapter 33, verse 17 says, And the Lord said to Moses, This very thing that you have spoken I will do, for you have found favor in my sight, and I know you by name. What did Moses want? Moses desired to see and experience the glory of God. He wanted to even see the face of God, but God said, If I showed you who I was and my fullness, you wouldn't be able to stand. You would be dis." like evaporated, disintegrated, you'd be gone, but I'll show you the further part, the back part of me, which is why I don't believe it's a coincidence that Moses read the, wrote the first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. He wrote that because God gave him a revelation and understanding, I believe, as well. And God said this whenever he said, Lord, go with us. God, show me your glory. The Bible says that Moses found favor in the sight of God. David had favor. Acts chapter 7, verse 46, it says, David found favor with God and asked for the privilege of building a permanent temple for the God of Jacob. And we know that David was a man after God's own heart. David desired to build the house of God. And then the Bible says that David had favor with God. Therefore, God allowed him to gather the resources and materials to build the first temple. Esther had favor. Esther chapter 2 verse 17 says it like this. The king loved Esther more than all the women, and she won what? grace and favor in his sight more than all the virgins so that he set the royal crown on her head and made her queen instead of Vashti. Did you know that in the book of Esther, it says it on eight different occasions? I'm speaking to all the ladies today too. It says that on eight different occasions that Esther had favor. And I believe because of the favor of God on her life, God was able to use her to save and deliver the entire nation and race and people of Israel from genocide, from death and destruction. Why? Because God's favor was on her life. Mary had favor. Luke chapter 1, verse 28 through 30 says it like this. The angel went to her and said, greetings, you who are what? Highly favored. Not just favored. He said, highly favored, the angel said. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found what? Favor with God. Now, I find it funny. I can just imagine being there in that moment that that the angel appears and said, you are highly favored. Meanwhile, Mary is probably scared half to death. You ever seen those memes before of what we think angels are like, but what the Bible actually describes them to be like, right? So it says, he says, don't be afraid. You are highly favored, which tells me this, that favor is more than a feeling. That Mary was afraid, yes, but she still had favor. Jesus had favor. Luke chapter 2, verse 52 says it like this, and Jesus increased in wisdom and stature, and in favor with God and men. Luke's gospel is the only gospel that records the early life with Jesus being a young man. And isn't it interesting how the Bible describes and says that even Jesus grew in favor with God and with men. You know what that tells me? That tells me two things. First of all, that tells me that it's possible to grow and mature 
in the favor of God. That favor must be stewarded. Favored must be cultivated, just like how every one of us have each received a what measure of faith that you must steward and you must exercise and you must take care of. I believe the same is true when it comes to the favor of God. Secondly, that tells me this, that if even Jesus grew in favor with God and man, how much more should me and you desire to grow in favor with God and with men as well? Oh, come on, somebody called to be like Jesus, said he grew in favor with God and with man. This making sense to somebody today. See, the question is this now. What is favor and how can we walk in it as children of God? But before I talk about what favor is, I want to talk about this. Let's talk about what favor isn't. So we see it's all through the Bible. Favor on God's people. I believe we're called to walk in that favor. We're going to get into some scripture too. But what is favor? Let's first talk about what favor isn't. I got four points, sub points I want to give you. First one is this. When it comes to us as children of God, this is what favor isn't. God's favor isn't God's favorite person. That's the first one. Write that down. God's favor is not God's favorite person. I don't know how it was like in your house with you and your siblings, but it seems to be like an ongoing joke, especially in a big family where the kids are trying to find out who is mom and dad's favorite. Oh, not for y'all. It was like that in my house, the pastor's home, y'all. We would have discussion, who is mom and dad's favorite today? You know what I mean? And, and some parents, you know, some parents aren't afraid to show, and like some parents are not ashamed to, to show and express who their favorite is. You know, I don't know. I won't forget this one time I went to my mom and I said, mom, who is your favorite kid out of us four? And if you know Pastor Don, she's the sweetest thing. You know, my mom, she's so sweet. She said, sweetheart, why don't you ask me a question like that? You're all my favorites. I don't love one more than the other. You're all my favorite. I, that's an impossible question. And then I go, to my, I go to my dad and he like blunt straight up says, right now it's Haley, but we'll see what happens tomorrow said, right now it's Haley, but we'll see what happens tomorrow. And then after a while, afterward, I think you feel better. He said, I love y'all each so much, you know, uniquely this or that, but you know. But I, I think sometimes we can confuse, I think we can confuse God's favor with favoritism. And we can confuse God's favor and think that God's favor on somebody's life means that he has a favorite and loves some people more than others. However, the Bible clearly says that God doesn't have favorites like that when it comes to his children. Acts chapter 10, verse 34 to 35, it says it like this. Then Peter replied, I see very clearly that God shows no favoritism. In every nation, he accepts those who fear him and do what is right. Romans chapter 2, verse 10 through 11 says, but there will be glory and honor and peace from God for all who do good, for the Jew first and also for the Gentile. In other words, Jesus came into his own first. For God does not show favoritism. Other translations say it like this. Other translations say that, that God is not a respecter of persons. 
God is not a respecter of persons. In other words, when it comes to God's love for us as children of God, let me remind you and tell you today that there's nothing that you can do to make God love you more, and there's nothing that you can do to make God love you less. That God is a good, good father. That just like how Jesus died for you and for you and you and the person behind you, beside you, in front, guess what? He also died for, for, he died for every one of us. And that that same love and saving grace is active and equal in all of our lives as children. And that should give us some encouragement because that means that we don't have to fight or compete to become God's favorite child. But when God looks at us as his children, he says, you are all my favorites. I'm going to take care of you. I love you. God is no respecter of persons. However, we're going to take a right turn right now. God is no respecter of persons, but you know what God is a respecter of? God is a respecter of principles. Let me break it down like this. I believe, so he's not a respecter of persons, but he is a respecter of principles. See, I believe that we can, you can have two children of God that are both equally loved by God, but one decides to live their lives in a way where they commit, fully commit their ways and what they do, whatever they put their hand to as unto God, and they want to align it with the will and the way and the word of God, and by doing so and following the principles of God, and therefore they could actually walk more in the favor of God than the other person, that doesn't mean that they're God's favorite. That just means they're walking in more of God's favor. The Bible says that God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that shall he reap. That's the law of the harvest, right? So that means that they're, oh man, somebody's making sense to somebody. God's favor is not God's favorite person. However, we can walk more in the favor of God as we line ourselves up with his will and with his word and with his purpose. Amen? Amen. Now we got that one out of the way. Let's get to the next one. That God's favor is not merely possessions. God's favor is not merely possession. See, some people got it mixed up because they think that God's favor is just about possessions and riches. Therefore, they think that just because they don't have the newest car or the newest house, the newest clothes, or the newest iPhone, (laughs) that that somehow means that they don't have the favor of God. However, who knows that God's favor can show up in all kinds of different ways. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 1 says like this, A good name is to be chosen rather than great riches, and favor is better than silver or gold. It says favor is better than silver or gold. You know what this tells us? This tells us that God's favor is not merely possessions, but it's actually far better and greater than that. See, you know what God's favor will do? God's favor will take you places and open up doors that you never thought were possible. God's favor will surround you and protect you. God's favor at times will show up by giving you peace in the midst of chaos and calamity. God's favor will will help you do more whenever you have less. God's favor will connect you and put you in front of the right person at the right time, at the right place. God's favor will do things for you that money couldn't buy. God's favor 
favor will make a way where there seems to be no way. Oh, come on, somebody. Has anybody ever experienced the favor of God in their lives before? The world may call it luck. The world may call it coincidence. But who knows? We know as the children of God that it is the favor of God in our lives. See, some children of God, they're, fa- they're, they're chasing after money. They're chasing after riches. They're chasing after things. But if only they would chase after God, guess what? Favor would come chasing after them. It's been said before that, like, like this, that God's, that one touch of God's favor will do more than years of man's labor. Oh, come on, somebody. That one touch of God's favor will do more then years of man's labor, because you do know, I don't care how hard you work, how much you grind, or how much you can multitask and do and delegate, you do know that God can do more in one second than what would take you a lifetime in order to achieve. God can do something like that. He can flip this. Come on, has anybody ever experienced this before? This is like the story of our church. Let me tell you that right now. God's favor is real. I like to say it like this. That God's favor, it may not be fair, but who knows? God's favor is fun. Oh, man, I'm so thankful for the favor of God in my life when it comes to my wife, when it comes to my family, because there have been times, y'all, where we needed, we had a need, we, we, we had different things that were going on, but then all of a sudden, the favor of God showed up, God began to move, he connected us, he planted us, he gave us a peace, the favor of God, the provision of God shows up. Somebody say, favor ain't fair, but it's fun. That's the favor of God. The next one I'm going to give you is this, that God's favor is not perfection. Do we have any perfectionists in the place? I'll raise my hand. I'm working through it, y'all. OCD, whatever you want to call it. I'm not OCD. I'm CDO because that's the right order, all right? That's a dad joke right there. <laughs> Thank you, Holy Spirit. That wasn't in my notes. I'm just, I'm just kidding. I say perfectionist, right? See, because here's the thing, too, about favor. Some people think that just because God's favor is on their life or they have the indication for God's favor for them is that they will never face trial. They'll never face tribulation. They'll never have challenges. They'll never have difficulty. Everything will just be perfect. And they say, oh, I'm in the favor of God. And then whenever they face opposition, they say, I'm not in the favor of God. I got to be in the favor of God. When the reality is, can I tell you that sometimes... An indication that you are favored and even highly favored by God is that it also comes at times with more opposition and even at times resistance. And let me tell you, responsibility. The favor, everybody wants the favor of God, but nobody wants to have more responsibility. Hello. Think about Noah. Noah, you found favor in my eyes. Now build this massive boat. God, are you sure you haven't found anybody else with favor on the plane? You know what I mean? It's just like... Morris, and I'm sure they face challenges. I'm sure they face, Mary, you are highly favored. Now, Mary, the son of God is going to be within you. The hope of glory, everything, like the, the savior of humanity, be careful. Just get, some of you get, get paranoid and, and superstitious and get worried having the, just your child. Can you imagine carrying Jesus? 
Come on, somebody. Sometimes the favor of God comes with more responsibility. It comes with more challenges. You may face trial, but let me tell you, it's also the favor of God that will carry you through it and give you a peace and give you a strength. You know what that tells me? That tells me this, that you can be sick in bed and still have God's favor. That means that you can be doing what you can, fighting to meet ends meet, and you're trying to do things right, but you still have God's favor on your life. That means that you can face, tr- you can face a betrayal and heartbreak, and you can be stabbed in the back, but guess what? You still have God's favor on your life. <laughs> David wrote this about God's favor in Psalm chapter 5, verse 11 through 12, check this out. Psalm chapter 5, verse 11 through 12 says, But let all those rejoice who put their trust in you. Let them ever shout for joy because you defend them. Let those who also, lo- who also who love your name be joyful in you. For you, O Lord, will bless the righteous. With favor you will surround them as with a shield. David compared the favor of God to a shield. Who knows? David was favored, y'all. That's the only way God could bring him through everything that he was going through is because he was favored with God. David was a warrior. David was anointed, but he still was under attack at times. David, uh, he, he, he had the opportunity, but he still faced opposition. Saul at one time threw a spear at him. He was on the run, and he was trying to do everything he could, but he still faced opposition. And looking back on his life, he said, it was the favor of God that surrounded me as a shield. See, I I felt like the Holy Spirit spoke it to me like this this morning, that God's favor is not perfection, it's protection. It's not favor, it's God's favor is not perfection, it's protection. That some of you may have been through things where you should have lost your mind, you should have went crazy, you should have whatever, thrown in the towel and given up, but thank God that God's favor and strength and presence was on your life and God's pulled you through, he's protected you, he's taken care of you. See, God's favor has a way of working all things together for good as you love God and are called according to his purpose. God's favor has a way of keeping things that are coming against you and happening around you from penetrating and getting within you. So God's favor is not perfection. Here's the last one. Write this one down. That God's favor is not predictable. God's favor is not predictable. In other words, you can't predict or produce God's favor on your own. But here's what you can do. You can't predict or produce God's favor on your own, but you know what you can do? You can position yourself in a way to receive it. Oh, come on. Has anybody ever thought that they had God figured out before? (laughs) God, I know what you're going to do. I know we're going to do it. I know who you're going to use. I know who this But the Bible says that his ways are not our ways, that his thoughts are not our thoughts, that it seems like just when we think we have God all figured out, he has a way of blowing our mind and blessing our socks off and and coming in through another way and doing something amazing. Come on, I'm telling you right now. We even see it with the disciples and how God used them in the book of Acts. God, God can be, like I'm telling you right now, 
that God's favor is not predictable. You know, even in the opening scripture that we read in Genesis chapter 18, we see this in the life of Abraham. Because in the opening scripture that we read, we saw that Abraham had an interaction for God. But did you know that this wasn't the first appearance that God made to Abraham and the first interaction that he had? This is actually the sixth time that God has appeared before Abraham and blessed him. And get this, every time that God appears before Abraham and blesses him, he does it in a totally different way every single time. The first time that God appears before Abraham, he appears before him in his homeland in Mesopotamia, and he tells them, I want you to leave your family. I want you to leave these idols. I want you to leave what's familiar with you. Go into this area that I'm going to lead you to. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless those who bless you. I'll curse those who curse you. I'm going to take care of you. Read it. It's, it's called the call of Abraham. First time. Then, then Abraham makes his way into the promised land or into the, 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 the land. He didn't even know where he was going. Whenever he appeared there, that's whenever God tells him, now look around you. Look at all this land. I'm going to give this to you, and I'm going to give this to your descendants. Then the third time, God tells him, now look at all the sand in the ground, all the grains of sand in the ground, just as many as you, should, you can count. So shall your descendants be numbered. Then the fourth time, God tells Abraham, now go outside the tent and look at the stars. You see all the stars, Abraham? Just as many as stars in the sky, so shall your lineage be. Then on the fifth time, God appears before Abraham, and he changes his name. You say, you've been called Abram. Abram. Now I'm going to call you Abraham because you will become a father of many nations. Then on the sixth time, God appears before Abraham. And guess what God does this time? He rolls up to Abraham's crib with an entourage of two angels. And he's walking up, and the Bible says that Abraham is sitting outside by the tent door, and that's when he sees the Lord, and he runs after him. And did you know that this was the first time that we find favor mentioned in the story of Abraham? And he comes to the Lord. He, he takes care of him. He gets some water. I think he gives him a cake. Praise God for a cake. I hope there's cake in heaven. You ever thought about that? Are we going to eat in heaven? I'm sure it wouldn't. I don't know if it would be considered gluttony or not. I believe Chick-fil-A is going to be in heaven. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. Lord's Restaurant right there. Where was I? I don't even know. <laughs> favor. Somebody say favor. Favor. And then that's whenever God tells Abraham this afterward. He says, he looks at, he, he, he looks at Abraham. He says, next time that I appear and next time that, that we come across one, let me tell you something. Now, one time, whenever I, whenever I see you, she's going to be carrying, she's going to be carrying a child. You're going to have a promised child. But guess what? Guess what? The promise, Isaac, but they were past childbearing age. It would have seemed impossible. God showed up in a different way every single time. Why? Because God's favor is not predictable. God can pour out favor when he wants, uh, however he wants, through whoever he wants. You can't put God in a box and say, God, you can't do this. You can't do that. You can't use this person. No, no, let me tell you, when God wants to show favor on your life, don't try to be controlling. Don't try to, be pre don't try to predict it. Just receive it. Follow God. Walk in it. Amen? So we talked about this. Going over real quick one more time. God's favor is not God's favor. Person, God's favor is not merely possession. God's favor is not perfection. God's favor is not predictable. We talked about what it isn't. 
Now I want us to try to define what favor, the favor of God is. See, and it's so hard because it's not predictable. It's hard to define what the favor of God is in a one sentence, but here's what we're going to try to do. You ready? Here's the definition. Feel free to write this down. God's demonstrated delight, favor definition, good pleasure and support towards someone. It's God's power and presence at work through us, whether for a personal blessing, for the blessing of others, and for the work of God among us. I'm going to read that one more time. Favor, it's God's demonstrated delight, good pleasure, and support towards someone. It's God's power and presence at work through us, whether for a personal blessing, for the blessing of others, and for the work of God among us. In other words, it's like whenever God co-signs you. It's whenever God endorses you. He puts his stamp on it and said, I'm with them. I'm taking care of them. I'm going to support them in this endeavor. Why? Because it's for, my, it's for my will. It's for my purpose for their life. That's what it is. You want to receive God's provision? Align yourself with his purpose. And when you align yourself with his purpose, I believe that God will take care and he'll bring the provision needed to fulfill the purpose of God on your life as well. Well, but many times when God shows favor on you, let me tell you why God shows favor on you. It's so that way you can show favor and be a blessing to other people and even the body of Christ. It's almost as if whenever God flavor, uh, flavor, God's, why did I just think of flavor favor right now? I don't know. Oh, Lord. Y'all put your hands to pray for me right now. It's almost as if whenever God's favor flows through you and you allow it to flow through you, God will get more favor to you. See, it's been said before that if God knows he can get it through you, he'll get it to you. And we pour out the favor. We let the blessings of God go. We, we, see, we're not blessed to be bloated. You know what we're blessed to be? A blessing. We're not blessed to be a reservoir. We're blessed to be a river. We allow God to flow through us in whatever way that they may be, and God has a way of keeping the favor going. And here's the good news, too. God's favor isn't on, sh on a shortage. It's not on a limited supply, nor is it ever running out. So that means that I don't have to be worried about this person's favor or that person's favor and thank God, do you have favor for me? No, 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 you don't have to worry about none of that. But let God has enough. He will take care. He will provide. I reminded of David. David said, my cup runneth over. My cup runneth over. And let me tell you, you will find joy. You will find, you will find so much in just being a blessing to another person and letting God use you in that way. It's better to give than it is to receive. God has plenty of his favor available, and he desires for all of his children to walk in the favor of God. The question is this, how do we do that? Here's the first and only point I want to give you today, because all that was the introduction right there. One point today, so just breathe for a second. Don't worry, the food's going to be there after service, y'all. You're going to be good. Here we go. You ready? Favor is found as you follow God. Favor is found as you follow God. Let me, let me just break it down and keep it simple. 
question. Who in here has a bad habit of losing things, misplacing things, come on, forgetting things? I'm just going to be honest with y'all. More hands should be up right now because we have to empty out that lost and found box at Google or something every month or so. We put a post on the page. Like, hey, it gets full, right? Right, Shelly? It gets full. Come on, let's be honest. Who? In, I'll be the first one to raise my hand. I have a bad habit of misplacing, forgetting, losing. That's why I got a tracker on all my devices, y'all. My phone, my watch, my, my, my keys, my, my wallet, everything. So if you hear a beep, 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 you better make way because Pastor Caleb's coming through. I'm going to get whatever it is. <laughs> but who in here, have you ever lost something before? And you were searched, of course, I think everyone, and you like, it was something of value to you, and therefore you just tore everything apart to find it. You started moving everything around. You went in the car in the middle of the night. Where is my phone? We start blaming the kids. You did something with it, huh? And then later you find it in your pocket or something, right? Come on. Come on, if you need to do that, you need to repent today. But have you ever been like, you were searching for something, and as you were searching for something, all of a sudden, all these other things started popping up where you found some change in the couch, couch cushions. You found some dollar bills in the dryer. You found that one, come on, has it ever happened? Or you found, you found something that you had forgotten about and thought was completely gone. This happened to me and my wife just recently, y'all. There was something, I forgot what it was, <laughs> but we, we had lost something. I was like, where is it? And eventually, I just gave up. And then I forgot something else, and I moved the couches, and it was underneath the bottom of these couches and in a weird spot or whatever, right? And it wasn't that you were looking for those other things. It's that you had your eyes, and you were looking for the one main thing. And as you did that, all these other things started showing up. And can I tell you? So it is in a similar way when it comes to following and pursuing and going after God that when you decide I'm going to commit, I'm going to put my full focus and attention and devotion on God, I, I, I'm, I'm not doing it for the blessings, I'm doing it for the blesser, I'm not doing it for the gifts, I'm, doing, I'm just going to follow after him and guess what? There's times where things will pop up when you need it, and the favor of God shows up. Oh, come on, somebody. Is anybody, we're get this, you don't have to be looking for favor. Favor will come looking for you. You don't have to be looking for that promotion. Guess what? That promotion will come looking for you because you said, I, whatever I put my hand to, I'm doing it as unto God. You don't have to be looking for the right person. At times, the right person will come looking for you. Oh, come on. I thought I would get an amen from at least one single person. Business owners, God will connect you. Why? Because you said, Lord, I'm going to seek first you and your kingdom and your righteousness. And what? All these things shall be added unto me. This is not a blab it and grab it. This is not a confess it and possess it. This isn't a prosperity gospel. This is the provisional gospel of Jesus Christ that my God shall meet and supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Oh, come on, somebody. Has anybody ever sought after God before and all of a sudden something happened? Oh, come on, somebody. I feel God's presence. Thank you, Lord. Matthew 6, Jesus says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. Can I give you some revelation? I was studying the scripture, y'all, and I discovered 
the Greek word for all these things is all these things. Some of you are like, are you, is he serious right now? Yes, I'm serious right now. <laughs> that all these things means all these things. Jesus said, don't be like the pagans. Don't be worried about what you're going to wear, what you're going to eat, what you're going to, all these different things for the pagans. Worry about those things. But you are my child. You are my son. You are my daughter. And if I take care of the birds of the air, and if I dress the flowers of the field, how much more will I take care of you? Well, come on, somebody. Somebody say all these things. All these things. Just keep God first. Keep it simple. Follow after him. Fall in love with him. Fall in love with him. What does the Bible say? Delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Delight in him. Fall in love with him, and even God will begin to change your desires to become his desires, and God will begin to come. I believe this was the I think this was the mindset that Abraham had, y'all. I think this was the secret to Abraham's favor and success. So much so think about this because the Bible says that whenever God first appeared before Abraham, that God tells Abraham, this is the first recorded interaction. So Abraham came from a, from a false God-worshiping, idolatrous family. And all of a sudden, Abraham gets approached by the one true living God, Yahweh, and God tells him to go to this foreign area. And Abraham, we don't see any resistance in Abraham. Abraham gets up, leaves everything that's familiar, follows God, and goes to a foreign area. Who knows? That takes what? Faith. That takes faith. See, that's why Abraham is also known as the father of faith. The father of faith. The Bible says it like this, that without faith, it is impossible to please God. That faith without works is dead. It took faith and Abraham was searching. He was longing. And that's why I believe Abraham was blessed the way that it was, that he was. And it was counted to him through his belief and faith. It was counted to him as righteousness. Hebrews 11 verse 8 through 10 says, worship team, y'all go ahead and join me. It says, it was by faith that Abraham obeyed God when he called him to leave home and go to another land that God would give him as his, as his inheritance. He went there, get this, without knowing where he was going. And when he reached the land, God promised him he lived there by what? Faith. For he was like a foreigner living in tents. And so did Isaac and Jacob who inherited that same promise. Abraham was confidently looking forward to a city with eternal foundations, a city designed and built by God. See, I believe, in other words, that as Abraham obeyed and followed after God, by faith, that's whenever God began to bless him abundantly. And it says that he was looking for a city with eternal foundations, a city designed and built by God. See, because what did God tell him? He said, I'm going to make you into a great nation. You'll be a father of many people. So Abraham had so much faith 
that in his mind, he's like, God, if you're, if you're promised me these things, I'm going to even look for a city. Whatever you got, I know because he, he had faith. He was looking, and he honored God, and he kept him first. Through, and he made mistakes. He felt he was not a perfect man. He lied at times. He, he went through things. Abraham, he had faith. So much so that whenever he has the promised son Isaac, God tells him, he tests Abraham. He says, now I want you to lay down Isaac on the altar before me. Sacrifice him unto me. But, but here's the thing about Abraham. Abraham had so much faith that it says in the book of Hebrews that he knew that God could even raise his son back from the dead. And as he's going up the mountain, he even tells the two servants that are there, I believe, he says, we'll be right back down. We're going there to worship God. He, hey, come on. He had the knife in his hand. God provided a ram in the thicket. That's whenever he said, Jehovah Jireh, my God shall provide, pointing to Jesus. And how Jesus would be the atonement and the substitution for our sins as well. Even Abraham, he did things, even without God telling him to do things, to honor God and put him first. For example, we see that there's a moment whenever even Abraham paid a tithe of his riches to a priest, I believe by the name of Melchizedek. And he did it, why? Because he said, I, God, I just want to, I want to give you my first. I want to give you my best. I want to follow after you. I, I want to be led by you. And God took care of him every step. Even before the law of Moses was instituted for that, for the time, he decided to do it. Favor is found as you follow God. Uh, this scripture right here is so powerful. I think this ties it all in together. Proverbs chapter 8, verse 34 through 35 says like this. This is powerful. It says, blessed is the man, listen to this, who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, waiting at the post of my doors. Whoever finds me finds life. What did Jesus say? I came to give you life and life more abundantly. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Follow God, find favor. He said, whoever finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. So guess what? Favor is found by following after and pursuing after God, in other words. But then it says right here, check this out, blessed is the man who listens and stands at the door. What was Abraham doing during the sixth time that he found him? I want you to check this out real quick because I believe there's some type of correlation here. Genesis chapter 18, verse 1 through 2, it says, Abraham was sitting in the tent door in the heat of the day. Why would Abraham be sitting at the tent door in the hottest point of the day? He should have been in the further back end of the tent where it was much cooler, where it was much more comfortable, it was much more better. He had the furniture, but the Bible says he was waiting at the door at, in the heat of the day so he lifted his eyes and looked and behold three men were standing by him the Lord and two angels and when he saw them he ran to meet them and welcomed them bowing low to the ground see I believe that the reason 
Abraham was sitting at the door and waiting at the door. Just imagine this for a second. It's as if Abraham, like I said, in the book of Hebrews, he was waiting, he was searching, he was longing, he, he was waiting on God, and he, and, and you know what I mean? He was waiting there. He's Because you, can you imagine that feeling that he felt? He's in a foreign area. He's packed his entire family. He's brought all his possessions, and he's there. He's had interactions with God, and, and now he may find himself in a situation where he's right there waiting on the Lord, waiting at the post. And that's when the Bible says that God appeared before him. And whenever Abraham saw the Lord, guess what he didn't do? He didn't sit on his hands and do nothing. He, he didn't act complacent. It says that he ran towards him. He served him. He took care of him. He said, Lord, what would you have me to do? And that's when it said that God blessed him. Question for you today. How are we waiting? How are we following? How are we searching? How are we longing for the Lord? Because let me tell you what favor will show up as many times. Favor will show up as an opportunity. Favor will show up as an opportunity, but it's your obedience that, that, that determines whether you walk in the fullness of the blessing of that opportunity. I'm reminded of the book of Revelation. It says in the book of Revelation that Jesus stands at the door and he what? He knocks so that way we would open the door and share a meal with him. See, God's favor is knocking at times. God will show up. And you know what we do many times as children of God, as sad as it may sound, is that we condemn ourselves and we feel so shameful and afraid and whatever. And whenever God's favor comes knocking, we say, no, that's not for me. That must be for somebody else. An opportunity gets given and we condemn ourselves or whatever. Whenever God say, no, just let me in. Let me, because even the Bible says it's the goodness of God that leads to repentance, right? Favor shows up many times as an opportunity, but your, your obedience determines whether you walk in the blessing and the full blessing of that opportunity. Abraham followed God. He was blessed. He had favor. Gen uh, Galatians chapter 3 verse 26 and 29 says it like this. Check this out. For you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. And now that you belong to Christ, you are the true children of Abraham. You are his heirs. And God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. You know, that this, you know what this means? That those blessings and favor on his life, guess what? It continues to us today even more so, y'all. We need to learn how to walk in it. We all have the saving grace of God in our lives. And I'm thankful for the love of God in my life as well. I'm so thankful. There's nothing like the love of God nothing like the love of God but I don't want to just experience God's love I want to experience his favor and you may think that you're doing well right now can you imagine what God could do with his favor being upon your life as well he shows favor to his children can you stand to your feet today here's my conclusion favor flows from God but it's up to us as children of God to walk in into it. Favor flows from God, 
but it's up to us as children of God to walk into it. Let's not miss out on the full favor of God in our lives. Abraham believed God. He followed God. God took care of him. He fulfilled his promise. And guess what? God's going to take care of you and your family and your house and this church. Let's keep our eyes on Jesus. Let's follow after him. He is the reward. He is everything. And we need. it's found in him. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Favor is not God's favorite person. Favor is not merely possessions. Favor is not perfection. Favor is not predictable. And favor is found as you follow God. Amen. Anybody receive this word today? Thank you, Jesus. Come on, I just want to pray a blessing over you before we go. Lord Jesus, we thank you, Lord God, for your word. God, we thank you, Lord, for your favor and your grace and your mercy that's in our lives, Lord Jesus. God, I just pray right now in Jesus' name. God, we thank you, Lord God, for your anointing being upon us, God, as your children. God, we thank you, Lord, that we're just not like anybody else, but we are the children of the, of the Most High God, that we are joint heirs with Christ Jesus, that you, God, you said you'd never leave us or forsake us, God. And I just pray right now, Lord Jesus, that they would begin to walk in a new level, God, of favor, God, in their life according to your will and your purpose in their life, God. And right now we come against all shame. We come against all condemnation. We come against all depression. God, we come against anything that would try to hinder and halt, God, what you have on your children, Lord. Let us open the door. Let us walk, welcome you in. Let us just serve you, God. We are here to serve you. God, we love you, God. God, we thank you, Lord Jesus, right now that you're changing hearts, that you're changing minds, God. Even for somebody watching online right now in this moment, God, that you are speaking to them, God, that you are giving them a strength, that you are giving them a peace, God. You're giving them an assurance to know that you are Jehovah Jireh. You are the God that has provided and will always provide. We place our faith in you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for who you are. Come on, if you're in this place and you haven't given your life to the Lord, let me tell you, there's no better moment than right now in this moment. Today is the day of salvation. Say, Lord Jesus, I give you my life. I give my all to you because you gave your all for me. I believe in who you are. I believe that you died. I believe that you rose. I thank you, Lord Jesus, right now, Lord, that you are Lord. God, we love you, Lord. Have your way today in Jesus' mighty name. And somebody said, amen, amen, amen. Come on, can we worship? Can we press in for a moment before we go? Can we just welcome his presence? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe and share it with a friend. For more information about who we are, visit RiversideChurchTX.com.